Welcome to the Connect Extension Podcast, brought to you by the Extension Foundation. The Extension Foundation is a membership-based nonprofit designed to be the engine fueling U.S. Cooperative Extension's advancement in making a more visible and measurable impact in support of education outreach from land-grant universities and colleges located in every state and territory. The Extension Foundation is embedded in the U.S. Cooperative Extension System and serves on the Extension Committee on Organization and Policy. It provides an array of opportunities for extension professionals that foster innovation creation, the adoption of innovations at member institutions, and increased impact of extension programs. This work is supported by membership dollars and funding from USDA National Institute of Food and Agriculture, grant number 2020-41595-30124. I'm Aaron Wipey, your host for today's podcast. Over the last 20 episodes or so, I've had the opportunity to speak with folks across Cooperative Extension that we are serving through our new technologies for Ag Extension program, through our Impact Collaborative program, and also through the 1890 Extension Leadership Academy. There's another national funded program that I haven't mentioned a whole lot and haven't had an opportunity to speak with anybody about. And that's what I'm going to talk a little bit about today. And that's the Pesticide Safety Education Funds Management Program, which we often refer to as the PSEFMP program. And this opportunity is made possible through a cooperative agreement with the EPA and that's to establish and administer a national sub-award program in support of pesticide applicator education and training for certified applicators of restricted-use pe pesticides. Another organization, the National Pesticide Safety Education Center, or NAPSAC for short, they collaborate with the Extension Foundation to lead the professional development part of the PSEFMP and to assist extension pesticide safety education programs in enhancing some of the educational products they develop as part of the expectations that are attached to this cooperative agreement. So I have a really special guest today that I'm really excited to speak with and I'll go ahead and let him introduce himself. Tom? I'm Tom Smith. I'm the Executive Director of the National Pesticide Safety Education Center, or NAPSEC for short. Well, Tom, first of all, welcome. Could you share with our listeners what is the National Pesticide Safety Education Center and what is it that you all do? So NAPSEC is a not-for-profit. It was actually formed in February of 2017. And it was really formed by a group of pesticide safety education program coordinators, also industry, and the Extension Foundation had a, another key role in the formation. And it really was formed as a way to try to provide services and to support and serve the Extension Pesticide Safety Education programs in every state and U.S. territory. Those programs are critically important to 
the health and safety, both of humans and our natural resources, because they're the ones that work hand in hand, typically with the state lead agencies, the regulatory body in the state, to provide training and education related to applying pesticides in a variety of different crops and uh, situations. How is NAPSEC funded and supported? So the concept of NAPSEC came about, again, when this group, pretty diverse group of pesticide safety educators, industry, and Extension Foundation got together after a major initiative uh, to support these programs. But they realized that there was no national entity out there, uh, a group that got up every day thinking about how those programs can be served and supported. So the initial funding to, to create NAPSEC was some seed money put together uh, through CropLife Foundation, which is a, an umbrella group that represents a lot of the industry folks. The major contributors for this initiative were BASF, Bayer, Dow and DuPont before they merged, and Syngenta. And uh, that uh, was really the seed money. We were given two years of seed money to get started, but then we actually became self-sustaining in about a year and a half. And we sustain through a variety of different uh, mechanisms. We do um, a quite a bit of work for universities and also industry in creating resources for their training programs. We also have a contractors printing and distribution center. So we print a lot of resources that are used in states, including the state pesticide certification manuals for a number of states. We can provide that at a pretty reasonable cost and provide a revenue share going back to those states to help support their programs. So right now we are completely self-sustaining. We get um, funding through really the activities that we do uh, in those uh, providing of services and the support that we do for those pesticide safety education programs or PSEPs. So going back to why NAPSEC was formed, what were some of the problems or challenges that led to its formation? You may have touched on this a little bit already. So, so I think there's a couple of problems that, that were there, at least a couple of challenges. I don't, I don't want to define them as problems. They're really challenges and in that each state really operates independently. There is collaboration across these educational programs, but because of state regulations, there are some uniqueness to each state. And that creates some issues because um, many of these pesticide safety education programs are small operations that in fact, in some states, they're just one person that's focused on this effort. And it's a pretty big, um, pretty big responsibility when you think about it. And so if you're a smaller program, you really don't have the resources to do everything that you need to do. So I think that's first and foremost, a recognition that some of these programs just were resource limited. And because they are resource limited, they weren't able to effectively meet all the obligations that they, that they had. So secondly, you have um, a tendency to have a lot of overlap, even though there is uniqueness within states. But sometimes that overlap doesn't translate to collaboration across the entire system. 
So NAPSEC is there to help identify where there might be opportunities for collaboration. And frankly, the Extension Foundation has been extremely valuable in helping with that as well. And where there is opportunities, um, help those states come together and do some things. A good example of that is we have a major collaboration with the Pacific Island territories in Hawaii. The territories are very resource limited and now bringing the three territories along with Hawaii together to develop resources that have some commonality. is just a huge savings for all those programs. We're doing the same thing in the Caribbean islands now in bringing US Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico together to work more collaboratively. And our role really is to facilitate that. So NAPSEC is, uh, we're not providing training other than train the trainer really. We're training those pesticide safety educators to do their job uh, more effectively or to utilize resources that are developed by NAPSEC, but they're resources that are identified by these PCEPs and um, really co-developed in essence. So what is that partnership between NAPSEC and the Extension Foundation? So we have a, a fabulous partnership um, and it really started before I came on board as executive director. It started as Extension Foundation being one of the key players in conceiving a national center. What, what and why would a national center be important? And then following uh, up with the groundwork to create that center. And then finally, when the center became a reality, the Extension Foundation functioned as the fiduciary in that first year, which allowed the center to get going and not have to worry about managing the, the, the funds, the seed money. And then it was turned over to become a, a separate legal entity. So key role. NAPSEC also is an unfunded collaborator on a EPA grant that the Extension Foundation manages. And it's a, a pesticide safety education funds management program. And those funds are directly uh, distributed to the various state and territory pesticide safety education programs to support their efforts. They identify a particular project and uh, those funds are used to execute that project. Those funds are critical and NAPSEC is really pleased to be part of uh, that, that uh, grant as an unfunded collaborator where we help again identify potential for collaboration we would uh, help leverage dollars. So if the PSEP is doing a particular project, we can go in and have other forms of uh, funding that could um, add on to that effort. Uh, and again, Pacific Islands is a great, great example of that, what we're doing in, in, um, in that area. Excellent. Now, last year, NAPSEC worked with the Extension Foundation as one of our new technologies for ag extension programs. What were you all working on? So that was really exciting for us. And it was a, a project on pollinators and on messaging around pollinators. NAPSEC became involved in this whole issue of pollinators and, and sustaining pollinators, the importance of pollinators and the, the critical nature of pollinators to our food system as well as our natural resources. Pollinators can be very negatively impacted by pesticides, but they also have a lot of pressure from loss of habitat 
as well as a particular pest, a varora mite, that will infect uh, particularly managed pollinators, uh, the honeybee hives. So we have been working on pollinators and we had a great partnership that developed with Prairie View A&M University, one of the uh, land grant universities in Texas. And we proposed using mass media, so radio, digital, and social media to reach an audience that Extension uh, probably struggles with. So Extension has this longtime audience, um, uh, you know, obviously a lot of farmers, rural communities. Extension is doing a tremendous amount of work in urban areas as well and suburban areas, but probably not as well recognized by that population. So we targeted millennials from urban and suburban areas, specifically because we felt that was a demographic that may not even know anything about cooperative extension. And working with Extension Foundation with this grant, we decided to create mass media messaging around pollinators. Um, and we were able to uh, focus just on Texas, working with resources from Prairie View A&M University because again, NAPSEC doesn't develop resources. We are working hand in hand with those land grants. And we engaged with uh, about 145 radio stations in Texas. We produce content uh, ads on those stations, um, typically five times a day, five to six days a week, reaching over 3 million people with uh, every ad. And we did that for six weeks. We also worked with a couple of digital providers. Uh, Learfield IMG was one of those and they produce uh, college sports pages. So some of the major universities they represent. And uh, so if you're living in Houston, but you graduated from some other place, some other state, you can still follow your favorite team. And then we had another digital provider right in Houston called Culture Map, which was um, again, targeted towards millennials. And so what we did is we created these radio messages, these digital ads, but then we had a separate landing page called Ag Near Me, which is still up and running, where all these resources were housed. So the idea was to have a short radio message or a short dig uh, digital advertisement that would direct these consumers or, or the, 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 the target audience to this landing page for much more in-depth information. And what we did is we took the content from Prairie View A&M and we repackaged it in a design that would be more interesting, more readable, just attractive, more attractive to uh, that audience, those millennials. Now, obviously we reached far greater than just the millennials because when you do 145 radio stations, five ads a day for, for six weeks, you're gonna, you're gonna hit a lot of people. So for us, and I think for our Extension Foundation, it was a way to look at the impact and the effectiveness of using mass media. And is this a way that Extension could expand and broaden their audience? And we kept very detailed metrics. We uh, also, put together a very detailed summary of what we did um, with this project. And it turned out we, we, again, very effective. And we continue to work with Prairie View a and um, in that in that effort, um, taking content that was original 
extension content. When I say original, could be PowerPoints, could be more longer form fact sheets, but those are not real consumable when you think about radio or digital or social media, right? You know, 30 second sound bites at the most, maybe 15 seconds for some folks. But yet we have this longer format with these, uh, this content repackaged into very showy, very bright, um, visually appealing content on Agnir Me. This was done at a time of COVID. And it was pretty fascinating because one of the things people could do is get out in their yard or garden. We felt it was great timing. And a lot of the information could be utilized by parents working with their children to get this information across. So it really had a teaching component as well. Um, and let me just add, that effort has now expanded and is continuing to expand beyond Texas. One of the uh, very exciting things that is happening is we're wor now working with the Pawnee Nation in Oklahoma and the Pawnee Nation College and they're gonna be taking all the guides that were developed. Uh, we have a planting guide, we have a pollinator guide, whole slew of other ones. They're gonna be translating them into the Pawnee language, which is a language that was almost lost in the early 1900s. Very, very exciting. We have a number of other state extension educators interested in pollinators that, are, that will be taking these guides and we'll be modifying them to be state or regionally specific to their area. And then lastly, we just found out um, a new partnership by one of our uh, great private sector digital providers who actually developed the Agner Me site for us. Um, they now have a partnership with the uh, Texas 4-H Foundation. And so we always wanted to get this information out to youth because we recognize the educational value of this information. So it continues to expand, very impactful, and it allowed us to test out an idea and allowed Extension Foundation to test out an idea of, can we use mass media? What is the impact? And of course, what is the cost? So we can, we can do it pretty inexpensively. This type of approach using mass media in terms of radio ads or digital ads at the scale that you all did that with this project, I'm not sure is typically used in cooperative extension. I could be wrong, but how do you all think that the work that you have done on this can help inform other cooperative extension projects that are interested in taking a similar approach with mass media? Well, I think that was one of the rationales for doing it. Uh, and you are correct. It, it, it's, you know, you have extension educators that are on radio. You have extension educators that are active in social media, but, but it tends not to be a massive campaign, tends not to be an integrated campaign. What we are trying to demonstrate is first, how would you integrate this using terrestrial radio, digital providers, and large digital providers that you know, could do it on a national scale, and also the social media piece. And we really were able to demonstrate a, a, a number of good processes to do that. The second thing I think we were able to demonstrate is how you could repackage extension content without losing the branding of that extension content. 
So, of course, you know, universities, as they should be, are very protective of their brand. And our intent was not to go in and rebrand it. Our intent was simply to repackage it. So still Prairie View A&M University. That's all uh, throughout agnearme.com, uh, that website. But it is um, repackaged in a way that is going to uh, appeal and reach uh, a much broader audience. And then we were able to measure, again, impact. How many people did we reach? And by directing them to Ag Near Me, you take, to take it that next step, right? It, it, you, know, you, can, you know how many people are listening to radio just by Nielsen ratings, but are they listening and doing something or are they just listening? And it goes in one ear and out the other. By creating an action for them to take, we can then measure and assume that, okay, they're interested in this. And then when they get to that landing page, agnearme.com, there were guys they could download. So now you have them going through a series of activities and we're doing the same thing with social media. I think it gives a, uh, I think it demonstrates a way that extension can, for lack of a better word, kind of modernize their, their delivery of information. Because as you know, extension has a, just a, a vast amount of content that is science-based, that is accurate, that is reliable, but we don't necessarily use modern technology to get that out. And I think this was a way to, to develop content that could be consumed by the masses. And we continue to expand, we continue to get data. And, and I think from a, extension standpoint, it, it is a way to look at, are there, are there different ways to communicate that? Not abandoning the old ways in any way, because they've been very effective, but how do you reach this new group of consumers, uh, this new audience that in some cases never heard of extension? And it's unfortunate. And I want our listeners to know that your experience, Knapsack's experience in the mass media project that you all completed is well documented in something that we call an e-field book. And that's available at efieldbooks.extension.org. It's available to anybody to take a look at, to learn more about what you all learned and what your experience was like. So I wanted to ask you now, what initiatives is Knapsack working on now, kind of going forward? Great. Let me go back because uh, we also have a Connect Extension group that continues to grow. We have over 500 people in that Connect Extension group around this mass media project. So Kara Maddox, our communications um, and content expert, is, is managing that. And so rather than declining, that group has, has gone up. So in our day-to-day -day activities and what we do to uh, support and serve PSEPs, that's, that's our mission, uh, serve and support the pesticide safety education uh, programs in every state in the U.S. territory. Um, we do a number of different things. I already mentioned that we have a printing and distribution contractor. They're out of Minneapolis. So we can do actually printing for these programs at, at very, very low rates. And uh, we can also do distribution. So we have a number of states that have moved their 
production of pesticide certification manuals from in-house to production by NAPSEC. And in some cases, the um, pesticide safety education program is getting three to four times the revenue that they were getting previously. And of course that's supporting their program. We also print a lot of other resources and we sell those and track the sales state by state. So in doing that, we have a revenue share going back, a net revenue share from all those sales based on state by state sales. And, that, and we send a check typically on a quarterly basis to those pesticide safety education programs as a gift to support their program. We have special projects that we do with states that have uh, funding and uh, we've done a lot of work uh, across a number of states where we are helping them to develop very robust, very interactive online training programs using their content, but we're taking our multimedia team expertise. That includes video, um, the online course development, and we can embed things like videos, still photos, a lot of interactions like simulations, animations, and even virtual reality into these training programs. So they become much more than a voiceover PowerPoint, for example. Um, and we're also doing that for industry. So we, we uh, manage, uh, we developed and manage a national training program for a particular herbicide that uh, this training is required as part of the label, we call label mandated training. <clears throat> then we also offer some just services that are no cost. And even if we do have a cost, we have ways to, to engage with PCEPs if they don't have funding, where we just have a, uh, a way to recapture that revenue, that investment over time. So in essence, we, we act as the bank and um, because a lot of PCEPs still are resource, resource limited. And then we offer some, um, some free things. We have a, a photo library that they can choose photos out of. Uh, we're gonna be adding short video clips that they can choose for in some of their um, training programs that they do. Uh, we are looking at helping them with social media content, more just general content. A lot of these programs have a uh, social media page but they typically just list what trainings they have coming up. We can enrich in, uh, enrich in that content um, by providing that. And as far as initiatives that are larger, um, we're using a concept of collaboration teams, which is actually from a grant funded through the EPA for meetings. And uh, collaboration teams are a way to bring together a large group of stakeholders interested in a particular topic. And those teams identify what is out there already, what might be under development and where are the gaps. And so we have very active collaboration teams. And one of our first ones was looking at respirators. That was a huge issue with new worker protection standards. And with COVID, it even became more critical we have a, a collaboration team on pollinators that are, again, taking what we've been doing with Prairie View A&M and expanding that across the country. We have a collaboration team related to integrated pest management and the intersection of pesticide safety education, which is 
all these teams are more facilitators. I mean, we're, we're not producing kind of, but we've brought together in, in the IPM team a whole group of stakeholders that typically were working kind of in their own little area and there wasn't a lot of crossover. And now we have a very active group that is looking at things like forest management and uh, uh, climate impacts and um, pesticide safety education where integrated pest management fits in. I mentioned the Pacific Island Collaboration Team, which started in uh, really 2018 with a needs assessment. And we're doing the same thing in the Caribbean islands. So these are a way to engage, um, again, a large group of stakeholders. It would be industry. It would be uh, the regulatory community, particularly at the state level, and the pesticide safety education folks. But also we bring in other extension educators that are working in those areas. And so to us, that's kind of very exciting. We turned uh, four years old this year, February, and uh, we have a volunteer board of directors. That board of directors is made up of eight pesticide safety educators, two industry representatives, and then we have a couple of positions that are filled by uh, regulators at the state level and a, uh, a position that's a liaison with the, um, uh, an, another organization that represents pesticide safety educators, more of a, a membership organization. And then Extension Foundation has a um, ex officio spot on that board, not a voting, but because Extension was so instrumental in formation of NAPSEC and supporting NAPSEC, we did that. The reason I bring up the board is it's important to know, you know, we are, we are um, directed by that group. It's primarily pesticide safety educators. And we are going to be undertaking what we're calling a visioning for the future. Okay, we're, again, four years old. It's been a fast-paced uh, uh, effort. Again, we became sustainable in 18 months, which is unheard of for most new operations. And now we want to take a breath, look to the future, talk about where we want to be, what is needed still, uh, what have we done well, what do we need to do better, and what does that future look like for not only NAPSEC, but more importantly for those programs that we serve. Well, Tom, thank you so much for joining us today. It was really a very insightful conversation to learn about the role of the National Pesticide Safety Education Center and what your focus is on serving Extension Pesticide Safety Education programs. On behalf of the Extension Foundation, I know we really appreciate the partnership that our organizations have, particularly around the Pesticide Safety Education Funds Management Program. And also it's just a really fun and exciting opportunity to serve NAPSAC as one of our new technologies for ag extension teams last year. And finally, for our listeners, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Tom mentioned Connect Extension. I'll remind you again that we invite you to join our Connect Extension platform at connect.extension.org. It is available to anybody in Cooperative Extension, regardless of your institution's membership status in the Extension Foundation. And like Tom said, NAPSEC has a subgroup in Connect Extension. It is called Using Mass Media 
for extension messaging. So we invite you to check that out and take a look at the content that they have in there. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and a wonderful rest of your week.